1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are there prophets in the new covenant age? And if so, are they operating in the way that they operated in the old covenant times? Can we expect new covenant prophets to walk into cities and communities, pronouncing judgment that's going to fall upon them in the name of the Lord? Or do they have a completely different role altogether? This is Set Free
0: with Ken Legg. Hi, thanks for joining us. This is Set Free. Phil here, along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we've been looking at the subject of natural disasters, things like earthquakes, floods and cyclones, or perhaps even personal disaster. Are these things sent by God as a judgment on the communities or the individuals that experience them? Ken Legg says no. He says there are four tests that we must apply to that kind of reasoning, and when we do that, it doesn't stack up. Ken, remind us again of the two tests that we've discussed so far. Yeah, well, we looked at the common sense
1: test, which is, of course, that sometimes we just ignore uh, natural explanations
0: for some of these disasters. We looked Uh, at, uh, for example, in in Perth, the bushfire started by somebody using an angle grinder on a a total fire band day. That's right. There's not a spiritual reason to every
1: every situation that occurs on earth. Sometimes they're just natural explanations. And also, of course, if these were the judgments of God upon those communities, then why isn't God consistently judging other communities Mm -hmm. that practice the same thing? That's what we call the common sense test. Then the second test was the prophetical test, which is a test that God gave us to apply to anyone who purports to speak in the name of the Lord. What about other things that they've said would come to pass? Have they got a good track record? You know, some people say about Nostradamus. Oh, he's got, uh, you know, a 50% success rate. Mm. Well, God has a 100% <laughs> success rate. When people do speak in his name, uh, they get it right. So if they're getting it wrong, we need to place a question mark over what they're saying today. If they've got it wrong in the past, then what they're saying about this also needs to come under scrutiny. Well, that brings us to test number three. What's that one? It's what I call the biblical test. In a sense, we we spoke about it uh, yesterday. It basically comes down to what we understand the function of a prophet to be under the new covenant. What's the new covenant paradigm of a prophet? Is he someone who walks into cities and towns pronouncing judgment if people don't repent? That's how it was under the Old Testament. But is that what happens under the new covenant? Now, Paul urged Timothy to rightly divide the word. That's a term in the Greek which is orthotomeo. It means to cut a straight path. Now, there's something which cuts a line of demarcation between the covenants, and that is the cross. Something happened at the cross that brought us into a whole new era, and God is relating to people on a completely different basis. Of course, under the new covenant, the Savior has come. And he's purchased salvation for the world. And so it's not judgment that's waiting to come upon the world. It's salvation. Mm. So in this age, we're, we're sent forth to preach the good news of the gospel that people can believe and be saved. God isn't wanting to judge people in this age with calamities and disasters. He wants them to hear the good news and to believe and be saved. Jesus said himself, he said, I haven't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, if he hasn't come into the world, to condemn the world, that is to speak judgment over the world. We also are not here to judge the world, but to bring the message of salvation. Isn't the opposite of that, though, the natural consequence that the world will be judged? Absolutely, and I want to be absolutely clear about that, Phil. There is a day of judgment that's coming at the end of this age. Those that have rejected Christ... Those that have turned away from the gospel when it's been preached to them and shared to them, they stand before God in their sin and they will be judged. In fact, the Bible says that their greatest sin, greater than all the sins that they have committed up until this point, the sins that Jesus died for, is knowing that he died in their place and all they need to do is believe on him or receive the free gift of salvation and yet they still remain in their rebellion, their enmity against God and their rejection of the gospel. There's no greater sin than that. And that's the sin that they will be judged for because Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come, Uh, of sin because they believe not in me. That's the sin that they will have to answer to God for, the fact that Jesus came and took all this judgment upon himself, and yet they heard the gospel and chose to remain in
0: their sin. Mm. Okay, so that's the judgment at the end of the age. What are you saying, though, to those who believe that the natural disasters that we've seen are God's judgment upon the places that have experienced those? So you could say Christchurch or Queensland as a whole with the floods or even Japan, Indonesia, Bandarache, you know, those kinds yeah. of things with the tsunami years ago.
1: Yeah, well, again, under this thing which I call the biblical principle, you know, it fails the biblical test. And and, and what I mean by that is this, there's a principle in God's word that God will not judge the righteous with the wicked. You remember when uh, he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah? Mm -hmm. And the angel came to bring Lot out. Now, Lot wasn't uh, like a squeaky clean believer, but he was righteous. The Bible says that four times, that he was righteous. He was one of God's people. So the angel came and actually had to physically (laughs) take Lot by the hand and drag him out of the city Mm -hmm. because of his reluctance to go. And this is what the angel said. He said, "Uh, we cannot do anything until you are out of here. Now, you remember when Abraham interceded for Sodom, he said, God, would you judge the righteous with the wicked? Mm. He said, "That far be that from you, to judge the righteous with the wicked. Now, now, God would not judge the righteous with the wicked, especially in this new covenant age. Why is that? Because our judgment has already taken place at the cross. Now, in some of these disasters, I know firsthand that believers perish. For example, uh, the beginning of this year I um was speaking in a conference and I met a gentleman there who lost his wife and uh, his two children mm. and they were they were beautiful believers in Christ. They perished in those disasters. So if that was the judgment of God, then what part of their judgment didn't Jesus take on the cross when they believed in him?
0: What does that do for his salvation?
1: Yeah. And yeah, yours it, and mine. Yeah, that's right.
0: But <laughs> it puts it in question.
1: Absolutely. And, and again, you know, in Christchurch, we actually spent um, uh, 10 years in, in the city of Christchurch. And so it was devastating for us to, to see that beautiful city ripped apart. But um, later on, we got news that one of the ladies that was in our fellowship uh, with us for many years, her daughter was best friends with my daughter, uh, just a vibrant believer in Christ, you know, she perished in, in that building that collapsed. She was one of the um, um, one of the casualties in that. and uh, you know again, was that the judgment of God? If it was, then when she believed on him for salvation, which part of her, uh, her salvation was excluded in that, that she had to suffer for in this crisis. And again in Queensland, I'm sure that you would know, I, I certainly do know people that lost property, lost business uh, you know equipment in their businesses and uh, homes that are believers in Christ. Mm. Uh, so if, the, again, that was the judgment of God, then
0: how comes God is judging the righteous with the wicked? Mm. It doesn't make it any easier for us to try and understand these things, though, Ken, when they happen, or personal tragedy. Uh, somebody's killed in a car accident who's close to us, or, or those kinds of things that, that take us by surprise. How? What would you say to that person who's grappling with this, why did God do this mm. question?
1: We don't know all the answers and, and and we might not be able to give the answer to that question but one thing we can say is if I don't know why these things have happened I do know why they didn't happen. It wasn't because God is judging this community for these tests that we're looking at uh, this week. You know, So far we've seen it fails the common sense test, it fails the prophetical test, it fails the biblical test. Uh, this is not the judgment of God upon these communities. We do live on a fallen planet and uh, there are you know, um, uh, disasters that take place. There's a lot of suffering that goes on on a daily basis and there will continue to be suffering in this world until Jesus comes and ushers
0: in his kingdom on earth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the core of it. The issue here is that we live in a sinful world. We're in a fallen state and God has given us free will. And this is a really difficult question to grapple with of why does God allow these things to happen? But because he is sovereign, it is why they are happening And it's not until Jesus does come back, as you say, and establishes his kingdom that we will be in a a perfect place where these things won't be. The tragedies won't be there.
1: That's right. And God is love. And, uh, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to manifest the love of God at this time.
0: I hope this has been helpful. Join us tomorrow as we continue our look at coping with natural disasters. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.